Is there any FFPC value in the new starting tight end in Cincinnati? How good will Kiki QT be going forward? And we play a week five edition of Would You Rather with TJ Yeldon in Kansas City. Plus the second place team in the Football Guys Players Championship. Angelo Lelis hangs out with us to talk about his two top 20 teams, what he thinks about starting Chris Carson this weekend, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Once upon a time, not long ago, when people wore pajamas and lived life slow, where laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to good. There lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he wrote. Me and you tonight, we're going to make some cash, robbing old folks. The they did the job, money came with ease But one couldn't stop, it's like he had a disease He robbed another and another and a sister and a brother Tried to rob a man who was a DC undercover The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting erratic Broadcast live and heard around the world You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com With your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Shot for the head, he shot back when he missed her. Looked around good and from expectations, he decided he'd hit for the subway station. But she was coming and he made a left. He was running top speed till he was out of breath. Hey, thanks, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics and Gerzakanatics. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint, of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, what AFC South running back do you need to make sure is not available in any of your leagues? Whether Jamison Crowder is ready to finally put up a big number this week and the second-place team owner in the 2018 Football Guys Players Championship, Angelo Lelis, joins us to discuss the fantasy prospects of George Kittle. Whether Ronald Jones is going to be a difference maker at any point in 2018 and much, much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, or at David Gerzak this evening. Facebook.com slash HSFFR is where to get a hold of us there. And 347-426-3682, that's 347-GAME-OVA is the phone number. If you want to chime in and give us a call tonight, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com is the email address that our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer Bryce will be checking. Uh, if you have any questions for us, send them into that email, send them in via Twitter, send them in via the chat room, and in our fantasy feedback segment in the second half of the show, we will do our best to get to all of them this evening. Uh, check out blogtalkradio.com slash highstakeslowdown right now for the brand new HSLD on Rotoviz Radio with the mascot of the high-stakes fantasy football hour, Mr. Ron Meyer. Of course, 32nd overall heading into week four, the Football Guys Players Championship, a winner of nearly $25,000. It was great to sit down and talk with him uh, about some dynasty stuff, some redraft stuff, all great stuff with uh, Tupacker, blogtalkradio.com, slash high-stakes lowdown. Dave, did you get a chance to check out the Tupacker slowdown this week? Uh, no, not yet. Some epic stuff on there, my friend. I'm sure it's outstanding. Really, really good stuff. So um, uh, I'm very excited to uh, for everybody to, to give me their feedback on that. I know at Packer is as well, and we 
both been promoting it equally on Twitter, it seems like. So I will check it out. Check that out for sure. Let's get into uh, tonight's guest. He is a 10-year high-stakes fantasy football player, the 2014 AFFL Silver Level champ, the 2016 FFWCOC champ, winner of countless leagues, and a five-year fantasy football players championship veteran. He joins us this week to talk about his second-place and 18th-place teams in the 2018 Football Guys Players Championship. Please welcome into the show Mr. Angelo Lilas. Angelo, thank you so much for coming on the show this evening, man. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's our pleasure, obviously. We will get into uh, your fantasy football exploits. I know there's plenty of listeners in the chat room right now that want to pick your brain, that want to figure out how you built these dominant teams, how you've managed them to the top. But before we get to that, Angelo, tell the listeners what you do for a living. Well, if if you're from Chicago and you grew up on the south side, you know my restaurant. It's called Nikki's Hot Dogs, home of the big baby. There you oh, go. That's that. fantastic. Cheap, I appreciate cheap plus, that cheap quite plus a bit. Too, I was at it. Nikki's hot dogs on the south side of Chicago. All right, perfect. Well, I'm getting hungry. That, well, I haven't eaten very much today. You know, I haven't either. I, I have not either. I had I had a few pretzels and I had a, a well I won't get into it what I had but when I got back but anyway let's get into the to the fantasy. Uh, I don't have any hot dog questions so. I don't have I don't have any either. I have something that I can people with. I, I listen. You may have the original to the there's a the Chicago dogs are different than like other people. You don't put ketchup on them or anything. Is that right? How, how do you guys serve them up? No 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 ketchup no ketchup. People people here will crucify you if they find you putting ketchup on hot dogs. <laughs> I'm not even serious. People she, take it serious. They do. They take it serious over here. And the bun, the bun is different. The bun has like a little, what kind of bun is it? Usually, well, it depends where you go, but they usually toss on a little some poppy seeds. I don't, yeah, I don't have seeds. that at my place because those, those poppy seeds are just, they just, they're all over the place, man. Trying to clean yeah, those up. Plus, then you have cosmopropium. Yeah, well, you don't want that. I always yeah, love the well, Chicago dogs. Yeah, yeah, I don't need a bunch of failed drug tests. <laughs> No, absolutely not. No, like where you get like you get the the peppers on it, the tomatoes yeah. and everything. Oh, that's oh, so good, so oh, yeah, fantastic. Right. Really, really good. Yeah, the celery salt. That's what makes it. We were just talking about celery salt yeah, today, dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the celery salt great. makes everything better. All right. Anyway, let's oh yeah, see a little bit. I guess. All right. Nearly to the top of the heap in the football guys players championship. You started with Alvin Kamara, Kamara in the first, and Christian McCaffrey in the second. Awesome picks. Kind of tough to get those picks at certain points, but you did a good job. How many of your squads this year ended up with either or both of those backs? Um, and just in general, I mean, it's just a, t- it's a tough combo to get. Just one team, or did you get that more than one? No, I actually, I'm actually in FFPC, I pulled it up on three teams. So I'm very fortunate <laughs> on those three teams because they're all undefeated so far, and they're all doing very well. I, um, I, I took McCaffrey on ten of my teams and over uh, – Kamara and six of them all together. So, that's, you know, and the thing that's funny about that is you hear all these people all the time. This is like one of the most common things you hear. Oh, you can't win your draft in the first two rounds, but you can lose it. You know what? That's bullshit. You can win your draft in the first two. You know, I mean, seriously, though, you can, you, you can have awesome, fantastic players that are dominating. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think Kamara's finishes so far, um, weekly finishes are 1 1 11 and 1. For, for running backs for the week. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, um, it's, it's been crazy what those guys have been doing. Angelo, I'm curious. I don't know if this was a 2018 strategy for you or if this has been your sort of MO in, in, in high-stakes fantasy drafts, 
But how often do you target these pass-catching running backs? Because I know a lot of people like to wait until like the fifth, sixth, seventh round, and then, you know, in years past where you scoop up the Chris Thompsons of the world, the Theo Riddicks of the world. But this is really the first year, at least in my opinion, where you have these pass-catching backs that went in the, you know, in the first and second round, but not at the very top. I mean, obviously the Le'Veon Bells, the David Johnsons, the Todd Gurley's are always going to go up there. But you had Christian McCaffrey going in like the mid to late first, depending upon where you draft. Alvin Kamara, mid to late first, depending on when you, when, when you draft. I'm just curious, how often do you target pass-catching running backs early in your drafts? Well, you know, when I'm drafting, I look at the, like, what's happening. I'm more of a draft slow type of drafter. You know what I'm saying? So, if if you're giving me a certain player, I'm gonna take them. I have no problem doing it. This the way this one fell. This one, this one particularly is a little bit special because I, I drafted this one on my birthday. So and I had the seventh pick on it. So I did not expect Kamara to drop to me at that point because by by that point in time, I probably had done about 30 drafts. So Kamara was going anywhere from five six. You know, I was when he fell to seven, I was like, all right, this is awesome. And then when it swung back <laughs> around, I. There's McCaffrey sitting there staring me at the face. I'm like, I just, I gotta grab this guy. This is, you know, I mean, this guy, I love what he did last year, and coming into this year, I mean, this guy is six catches automatic. You know what I'm saying? And he doesn't. It's not like a six catches for 30 yards. It's like six catches for 85 yards. You know, he's unbelievable. So it was just, it was just an easy pick to make. And basically, as this draft kept flowing and flowing, I was just like just sitting there going, happy birthday to me, happy birthday to me. <laughs> All of a sudden, there's Adam Thielen. I'm telling you, because look, look where I grabbed Adam Thielen compared to where he was going towards the end of the draft. Tyree Kill in the fourth round, that's ridiculous. I'm sorry. He was going at the end of two by the time uh, by the time end of August rolled around. So I'm just sitting there it going, was... I can't believe this squad has fallen to me right now. Yeah, yeah, draft early. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. And I've always said that over and over again. You get great value when you draft early. Hey, question from the chat room right away, Angelo. Shane Hallam wants to know how you see Alvin Kamara. Uh, is he going to slow down now with the return of Mark Ingram, or does he keep up this pace that he's been accustomed to over the first month of the season? You know that. See, that's interesting. Actually, I just saw a stat. They were showing week six through week seventeen last year. Now Kamara missed one game. Now, in that stretch, Ingram Ingram was a top 10 back seven times. Kamara was a top 10 back nine times. So what that tells you is there's plenty for both. You know what I'm saying? And they both finished as the number one or number three back, you know, at least four or five times in that stretch. So you might have a game, you might have a hiccup here or there, but by the end of the season, we're in a points business. The points will be there. So uh, there's, there's no need to worry. These guys are going to, you know, Kamara's going to produce, so is Ingram. They'll be fine. Angela, you kind of already alluded to it, but the second-place team that you have in the Football Guys Players Championship uh, right away, Alvin Kamara, first round, Christian McCaffrey, second round, Adam Thielen, third round, Tyreek Hill, fourth round. I mean, you slayed it on those first four picks. Your fifth-round pick, i, I got to ask you, are you still scratching your head a little bit on, on what went wrong there? Because <laughs> Ronald Jones is – as, as he's struggled coming out of the gate. Now, you still own him in this league, so I'm thinking that you believe that better things are in store for him for the remainder of the season. When do you think those good things start happening for Jones, and how high do you think he will finish among running backs this season? Well, it, I hope they can trust him, because I honestly feel the biggest, the biggest reason why he wasn't given a chance is they don't, they don't trust him. You know, I mean, I'm looking at, you know, you look at the first four weeks of the season, and, I mean, they had a tough stretch there. New Orleans, Eagles, 
Steelers and Bears, I mean, that's not that's not an easy group to run against. So that's some tough sledding there. So what I'm hoping is they got a nice little game against Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Atlanta hasn't been the toughest against the run. So if, if Rojo can show any life, life there, you know, there's possibility that, you know, hey, this kid could be a flex play maybe, you know, you know, come to life and do something. You know, the Bucks in general have to run the ball. I think they're just, you know, they've, they've basically abandoned it the last two weeks. They've got, uh, what, 15, 20 runs the last two weeks? I mean, it's been terrible. They, they've become a one-dimensional team, no question. And obviously with the bye week this week, this is a great week to get Ronald Jones up to speed. Maybe better things are ahead for him when they return in week six, Dave, don't you think? Yeah, I, I think so far, actually. Yeah. I mean, I like Rojo coming into the season. He's I know, terrible yeah. in preseason, and, uh, but I didn't, I didn't cut him. I, I still believe in him. I have not cut him anywhere. I've, I, I've I was real so big on, on Rojo coming in. I really was. I was. I was really, you know what I'm saying? I said, and I also picked up Peyton Barber. Later in this draft, thinking, okay, if Rojo starts a little slow, Barbers look pretty good in the preseason, and then nothing. It's like, you know, it's like, what's <laughs> going on with these guys? Yeah, I think, I wonder if that's Dirk. Yeah, anyway, I'm not going to rip on Dirk Ketter too much. So let's talk about George Kittle. He blew up last week the great CJ Beathard as his quarterback. Do you think that's a sign of things to come? And how likely is it that Kittle finishes in the top, I'm going to say top seven among tight ends in 20 years? Oh, come on. Be top bold. five. This question, Rob, this question is stupid. Go top, top five. five. He's got a shot. Rob. Top All right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll ask, I mean, seriously, Angelo, you, you give us your thoughts on where you think Kittle finishes. Well, Kittle, the one, I'll tell you what, one interesting stat that I saw with him, and it gives him potential, potential. I don't see him top five. I, I'm, I'm, I'm more with Dave. I think top seven is more realistic. But one thing that he's done, he's averaged since going back to the three games last year, the last three games of the season, 16.8 per catch. I mean, that's more than Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas' career is averaging 16.3. I mean, that, I mean, you're talking a tight end. And right now he's at 17.6 a catch this season. If his TDs can increase a little bit, this kid, then he can slide into that top five conversation. But without those TDs, I then, you know, I don't, I don't see it. So should I be trading for uh, Kittle and Dynasty? I'm sorry? Do you think I should be trading for George Kittle and Dynasty League? Um... Yeah, I mean, this kid, I mean, he showed flashes last year. And, I mean, coming into this season, he's already produced in three out of the four games. Bethard was his roommate yeah. in college. It's, you know, it's his buddy. And the other thing, he's a, the he's a tallest receiver on that team. Everybody else is like little midgets <laughs> running around. So they can't they see I mean, he's, like, he's such right. a big target that, oh, there he is. Give him the ball. You know what I'm saying? Well, well, please, you won't. Do you own Kittle anymore? I don't own Kittle. Why are you own Kittle in Syracuse? We'll ask him. I don't. I don't think right, he does. But I don't. I don't own Kittle in any dynasty leagues. One. Th- one other thing to, to keep in mind that that um, first of all, I agree on bo- on the points that both of you guys are making about Kittle. Other thing to keep in mind: no Jarek McKinnon for the rest of the season. No Jimmy Garoppolo for the rest of the season. This might be a lost season for the Niners. And if it indeed is, they are probably going to be throwing quite a bit to stay in games, especially going um, against like you know teams like the Rams that they play this year within their own division if that's the case if Marquise Goodwin can't get right as Aunt Jemima points out in the chat room George Kittle is going to be CJ Beathard's first read that's a lot of targets that's a lot of passes being thrown to him and you can take advantage if you have George Kittle on your teams and deploy him in your starting lineups especially in an FFPC tight end premium uh, format uh, well, the only one people play it for oh obviously yeah he's got seven targets a game right now too 
Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, it, it's already happening. And if you're if you haven't noticed it yet, you're already behind the curve. Angelo Lelis, the second place team and 18th place team owner in the Football Guys Players Championship, joining us this week on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Let's shift our focus to Detroit, a uh, team that is playing uh, the Green Bay Packers this Sunday afternoon. Angelo, why won't Detroit use Carrion Johnson more? I mean, Matt Patricia already came out and said this week that he believes that Carrion Johnson is getting enough touches in that offense. Um, if this is the case, if this is what we're supposed to expect from Detroit, do you feel that Carrion Johnson actually needs to be on benches going forward instead of being flexed out like a lot of owners have been doing? No, I, I think you can continue to play him because he's, he's getting enough touches to be relevant. You know, and then if he scores, it obviously gives him a nice day. Um, personally, I think Blount has something on Patricia because, I mean, none of it makes <laughs> sense. I don't – I mean, this, I mean, I, I, I guess Patricia must owe him a favor or something because it doesn't make sense to put a guy out there that, that's getting a yard per carry or whatever he's averaging right now. I mean, Kerry on Johnson looked great. And it's, he's, the only thing I can think of, it goes back to being a rookie and comes down to the trust factor. You know, how much do coaches trust him to go out there and, and do exactly what, you know, needs to be done on every single play, not just the ones that he's having success on, you know? So it could be – Carrion could be more of that running back where right now you're seeing him, you know, nine nine to 15 touches a game, and then maybe as the season wears on and all of a sudden you'll start seeing that 20 to 25 when they have more more trust in him. I like that. I like Carrion Johnson. I like him a lot. Anyway, so let's move on. Let's talk about Seattle running backs. Uh, Were you looking for my input on that? No, I, I, guess not. I, I think he's fine. <laughs> yeah. Seattle running back Chris Carson, Penny, who's been worth not half a penny. No. And Mike Davis. Is there a player you like here or staying away from completely? Supposedly Carson's coming back this week, which may relegate Davis to the bench. That's, that's another one that's just a, a pile of. Uh, it's a pile of something, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you have Carson who had, what, 32, 33 carries um, a couple games ago. What, 3.1 a carry, he scored a touchdown, so he ended up having a decent day. Nothing special. Penny came, comes out the first game, they, they give him five targets, catches four balls, gets nothing the rest of the, like, the next uh, three weeks after that. Carson gets hurt. Now you're thinking, okay, here's Penny's shot. You know, he should, he should get in there, nice 15, 20 touches. Boom, Mike Davis is getting the start. Mike Davis has a 3.1 yards per carry. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, why, <laughs> you invested a first-round pick on Rashad Penny, and you're playing Mike Davis. I, I don't know. I, I just, it's just sometimes you just look at it and you just shake your head and you're just – you don't know. You just want to say, hey, yo – what do you got this guy sitting on the bench for? Look at this. He's got a nice shiny Cadillac, and you're playing this guy? Makes no sense. No. I, I'm with you. I, and, and I stopped trying to understand. You know, it, it's it's one thing for a team to make these decisions and, um, you know, you kind of get a feel of where they're going as far as personnel goes in the off season because you can't, you can't really lie then, uh, as, as Sigma Bloom from Football Guys likes to say. When it, when it comes to free agency and drafts, teams can't lie because this is this is what they're doing. This is what they're at. and right. when it, when it, the Steelers hate Le'Veon Bell. Right, and, right, exactly. And but and then when it comes to Seattle, apparently you can lie because you can draft the running back in the first round and then use everybody but him in your backfield going forward. I which Carroll likes himself. Right, he, that is totally true. Um, he is more of the I head cheerleader like than the head coach for some reason. 
someone's yeah, got to I mean, fight. Like, I don't want to put them out there. Just here. These are the guys that, you know, ever since he was talking up Carson, I remember during the spring, oh, do you see that Carson? Everybody's asking about Penny, and he kept bringing up Carson. It's like, yeah, okay. That, that, that is classic Pete Carroll misdirection. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that guy could be the governor of Washington someday. It wouldn't surprise me at is all. He, is he the new Belichick with running back? No, it, he's worse than Belichick. I mean, it's 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 awful uh, trying to figure that out. You know, I was thinking uh, moving of that on. too. I'm like, what's the worst situation, uh, Belichick or, or or the Carroll for running backs? I think it's Pete Carroll. Well, Belichick, you can you can start. I can I would comfortably start Sony Michelle and James White well, every week. Here's, right now, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Here's oh, what I was did. great I about the Patriots. Get rid of Burke. Get rid of Burke. Burke has gone. Thank totally. God. And yeah. here's what was great about the Patriots on Thursday night, Dave. Prior to that game, they cut Kenyon Barner, right? Mm-hmm. So they basically only had two running backs up for that game, James White and Sony Michelle. You could comfortably start both of them. Always, yeah. Like, there's no, way, sure, there's, there's no way you could have screwed that one up. Now, yeah. if it was you take away that Sony Michelle touchdown run late in the game, well, then maybe he was not looking at such a great start. What a fantastic player. But he ended up being a pretty good uh, – they right. both – you know, White, what did White end up, 10 for 77? Did he get a touchdown? Yeah, he scored here. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, you had 20-plus 20, 20 points from him. Michelle had, like, 16, 17 points. Points, right? Yeah, Angelo, do you have any exposure to those uh, Patriots running backs on any of your teams? Do I have any what? Uh, exposure to either of those two Patriots backs on either of your on any of your teams? Oh, really. I'm not. I, I I have them. Yeah, I have uh, I have them paired up actually on two different teams, and I, oh, I'm nice. playing both of them because you can. Yeah. Oh yeah. I got yeah, a nice, go. uh, yeah. little point total from them. I was actually going to bring that up. The the best thing that I mean I hate when I, I don't want people to get hurt. Don't get me wrong, but the best thing that could have happened is that Jeremy Hill. <laughs> Tora, Tora, ACL or whatever it was, and uh, Rex Burkhead going on IR. Because now, guess what? He gave you a clear-cut two-back system. And look how great this exactly. is. It's like, you, you, would you ever think you'd say, I'm starting my Patriots running back? Because that's where we're at right now. They're, they're both basically must-start right I agree. Totally agree. So I, I had them. I, I paired them in one league with both White and Michelle, and I, I felt it was one of those things when I was setting my lineup on Thursday afternoon. I was kind of like, God, am I, am I really deploying both these guys? But I did, and obviously now I feel great about it, and, and yeah, I feel pretty man. good about it. Just- I uh, feel pretty good about it doing uh, going forward as well. Angelo, your latest two acquisitions on the FPC team that is in second place, Kiki QT, uh, and then uh, the tight end from Denver, Jeff Hoyerman. How or Hireman, I don't even know how you pronounce it. How big of a difference? Yeah, right. How big of a difference can these guys, these two guys, make for not only your fantasy team going forward, but fantasy teams in general? Well, that that with Kute is just is a speed, and if 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 him and Fuller's hamstring can stay on, I mean that combination of that trio they got over there could be could be devastating to teams the defenses, man. Because I mean. Good luck trying to cover that. I mean, Kute, the one thing that I noticed, he got he had 15 targets, 11 catches, 109 yards. But the average is only 9.9, which is telling me that he's catching everything around the line of scrimmage and, you know, he's, he's running after the catch. So, I mean, I think that yards per average is probably going to go up a little bit, especially if all three of them are in the game at the same time. But this this kid has a shot. I think even with all with Fuller playing, this, this kid, I think, you know, I mean, he's not going to see 15 targets, but – he can. I, I could see him seeing seven or eight targets because they're they're going to use him a lot in that short game. Yeah, the Houston Texans now, wide receiver Hammerman, court. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, and Hammerman, he's just uh, he's just basically throwing darts because I need somebody. Everybody's getting hurt, so. <laughs> yeah, the, the tight end position has been kind of a wasteland uh, when you get outside the top two or three guys this year. But getting back to 
QT in, in, the, in the Texans. The wide receiver passing, uh, or the, excuse me, the wide receiver core in Houston this year, extremely, extremely top-heavy. They do not have a lot of depth behind those top three guys, Bruce Ellington going on IR. And the running game hasn't been all that great. We don't even know if Lamar Miller is going to play this week. Deontay Foreman is coming off an Achilles tear. Now it sounds like things are moving in the right direction for him, and maybe he'll be back in a couple of weeks. But Houston will go as far as Deshaun Watson can throw it, and as many times as Hopkins Fuller and QT can catch it this year. So certainly you want to be, as our good friend from the KFFSC, Farrell Elliott would say, you want to be in business with those guys this year. So clearly oh, yeah. I think QT makes a, makes a lot of sense. Dave, I don't know how you feel about Kiki QT. You know, I like him a lot, actually. Fuller plays whenever, you know, once in a while, right? Is he playing this week? Well, it sounds like he's trending in the right direction. I think he's going to be out there on the, Sunday. The problem with that guy is every single week you have to ask, is he playing? Well, not only that, Dave, but when you ask that, he's at a risk for re-aggravating that injury in the game. And you, when you say that injury, I don't even know what the hell injury he's is. He's a hamstring, it's yeah. Same, it, it, I'm not going to swear again. It's the same thing. Whether it's the same thing or something, it's always something with him. Yeah. And, and, and as Aunt Jemima's pointing out, this is a Sunday night game this week. By the way, two passes last week, he was group chatting about Will Fuller because he caught a touchdown early last right. week. He's like, ha-ha, everybody always thinks Will Fuller's worth a second-round pick. And then he got hurt. And then I'm like, well, hey, I'll give you a second for him. Uh, yeah, that's why he's worth a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not worth a first. In Dynasty, Just no, hey, yeah, one, right. no yeah. one thing about Will, Will, Fuller, Will Fuller. Every fourth catch is a touchdown. You just remember that. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you could, you could talk about it, but every fourth catch is a – that guy is amazing, man. That guy, I swear, he's, he's worth – I think I grabbed him in the eighth or ninth round in a couple of drafts. He's totally worth it. I keep waiting for the efficiency to slow down. It still hasn't. I don't know if it ever will. He's like an Italian sports car. It's really awesome. Well, is it coincidence the that the fourth catch where he, where he ended up getting hurt was a touchdown too? I mean, it, it, <laughs> exactly. it's odd. It's very odd. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I just, hold on, hold on. Let me. No, hold on. His real life teammate. I don't know if you heard this. I don't know where I heard it. Um, it was on some some highlight show. But it was it was the the color analyst and the obviously the play by play guy for the Bengals game this past weekend. And Andy Dalton dropped back to pass, and he threw a long touchdown to the speed burner on Cincinnati. John Ross, who also is no stranger to the trainer's table. And I swear to God, the call was something like, Dalton drops back to pass. He wants it all. He's got John Ross in the end zone. Touchdown. And he's hurt. <laughs> I think that was one <laughs> spot. There was no comma. Uh-huh. And, and you know what? John Ross already ruled out for this, this course, weekend's right, game. Yeah, uh, just unbelievable. Anyway, oh, so, man. Uh, next one. Let's talk quarterbacks a little bit. Uh, you have a nice lab decision this week. Well, interesting at least. Carson Wentz yeah. and Kirk, they're playing each other this week. And uh, let me give you the – not that anyone cares. Well, let me no, I care. I want to I want to hear this. Care. The football guys are anything. Okay. They have uh, are prestiged, you know, the, one of the best handicappers of yeah. fantasy rankings in the business, David Dodd. Yep. Kirk Cousins with 20 – I'm going to give it this way. This is premium content. Right. Uh, 21.6. This is the projections. Projections for, for this week, yeah. So Cousins. he has 21.6 for Cousins. And a lowly 21.0. And 21 Wentz. even for Carson Wentz. And but Wentz is at home and Cousins is on the road. Generally, Obviously, quarterbacks yeah. play a little bit better at home. So what do you think? Yeah, I actually, I actually got some stats there for that one. Uh, I was doing some homework on that because I'm still – I was leaning Wentz because he's the home guy, but then I started looking at some stuff and started leaning at Cousins, and then, I don't know, maybe I'm going back to Wentz now. This is going to be basically game time for me. But the one thing <laughs> Cousins has done, on two games two games on the road, 
he's averaged 423 yards and three and a half touchdowns. That's impressive. I mean, by any by any means, you know. And, and I guess some pretty decent teams too, you know. And the one, but the thing is, at, on the road, the Eagles give up 372 yards. At home, they give up 207 yards. Something's got to give there. There's got to be a middle ground somewhere. So it's 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 tricky. That's why I keep looking at saying, you know, I should go with Cousins because 423 and three and a half seems pretty good. But then the Eagles play pretty good at home, even though their defense has been a little shaky the last few weeks. You know what I'm saying? But they are a different home team than they are a road team. And then same thing with Wentz. I look at him. He's he's got now he's got two games under him without Jeffrey. At home he was 255 one and one. On the road with him he was 348 and two. So. It's a tough call, man. It's uh, honestly, it's it's really going to come down to the last to the wire with me whether I go with one guy or the other. And I, honestly, I might be I might be arguing over two or three points separating them anyways by the end of the game. Yeah, the spread is uh, Eagles minus three, minus one twenty, and over under is forty six and a half. So it's approximately twenty five to twenty two or thereabouts. Can you imagine the Vikings dropping to one three and one to start the season? That's crazy to think That'd about. Be great. It is, yeah. <laughs> That'd be yeah, great. I'm right. a Bear fan. Yeah. That'd be great. Well, Angela, do you want to do a Ditka for us? Do you want to do a Ditka? Yeah, do you have a good Ditka impression? <laughs> oh yeah, no, nah, yeah, right. No, I could, I could throw some gum, maybe. I don't know. That's about it. <laughs> Angelo, as long as we're talking about the Bears, what's your early imp- from a fantasy perspective? What's your early impressions on this new Matt Nagy offense led by Mitchell Trubisky? Obviously. Howard uh, has had his games. Cohen had a big game last game. Uh, we, we've already seen Allen Robinson with a double-digit reception game. Trey Burton in the end zone last week. There's a lot to like in this offense. There is. There is. It's basically consistency. These guys, I mean, I can't. you can't expect six touchdowns every game or even what the Chiefs are doing exactly at this point in time. But what you need to see is just be consistent week to week, you know. Go out there, you know, perform well and complement the defense. That's the biggest thing. I mean, yeah, I want a ton of points, but I also want them to win, you know, the thing. So complement the defense. I think I know Howard has kind of struggled a little bit, and people probably are down on him, but he will go as the weather goes. Trust me, once it starts getting minus 10 over here, it's going to be hard to tackle a 230-pound bowling ball, you know, and I, I think yeah. that will be another element into that offense that, that people will see, like I said, as the weather changes. And like I said, the rest, just be consistent, you know, be consistent with your throws and, you know, don't be all jittery and running around all over the place, you know. Hey, but real quick, so, you know, the Bears, uh, three Cohen actually tweeted, he said, uh, who's bigger than me um, on Twitter today? And Todd Gurley responded, everybody. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that's a good thing. Hilarious and true, uh, by the way. Yeah, we got a a couple of emails that I want to get to uh, tonight for you, Angelo, that came in from some listeners. But before we get to those, uh, there were a couple of questions in the chat room I wanted to get to. Uh, Wask guy wants to know, after we saw Josh Gordon uh, get a touchdown for the Patriots last night, do you view him as fantasy gold or fantasy pyrite for the rest of the season? (laughs) Wow. Uh, that one's that that that's tough, man. Because you're looking at an offense right now where you got Gronk, you got James White, you got Michelle, you got Chris Hogan, Dorsett, you got Cordell Patterson catching three-yard touchdowns. You know, I like Gordon, and I actually played him in one team this week because I had to. I had no choice. But until I see consistency there, I I don't know. I, I'd wait. Yeah, I I don't know. I see. Eh, he's he's back and forth. <laughs> 
He's pyrite to me. So it's just a wait and see right now. Obviously, you're not cutting it's bait on him, but you're. Li- I don't want to. I don't want to go pyrite because if you know if Brady finds that magic weapon, he's got potential. Let's let's put it that way. You know what I'm saying? But it's yeah. still it's it is what it is. It's a work in progress. Let's put it that way. Um, Aunt Jemima also chiming in in the chat room. He has an interesting decision to make for his starting quarterback position this week, and this is another fascinating one. A similar how you have to make the call between Wentz and Cousins who are facing each other. He has to make the decision between two quarterbacks that are facing each other, Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Ryan. In the highest – That's golden I, platinum I, right there. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I believe this is the highest over-under of the season in the NFL so far. It's set at 58. Atlanta visiting Heinz Field and big Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers up there. That's a kiss my ass there. Yeah, where, which quarterback would you start there if you had to make the call? Is it Matt Ryan or is it Ben Roethlisberger for you, Angelo? Wow. I mean, you want you like apples or apples? I mean, I mean that's basically <laughs> what I see there. With that, with, I mean, I mean that's that's what I see there. It's, that's a, that's basically the cousin one situation. It's you know, I mean, you you might be haggling over a couple of points. A lot of times in that situation, maybe I'd go with the the home quarterback. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Pittsburgh's been throwing the ball like crazy. You know, uh, Ben always plays well at home. You know, with Ryan, they they seem to, I don't know, they get down to the inside the 10 or, you know, by the 15 and they forget how to score a touchdown, you know? So, you know, as well as they've been playing, they've been at home the last couple of weeks. I would probably lean Ben. I'd go Big Ben. I would, too. And, Big Ben, like, he's one of the guys over those 450-yard games. You're like, damn it! Yeah. This, why am I playing against this, this guy? This is the worst. Listen, this screams, this is going to be one of those games. Oh, this, yeah. this is going to be one of those games where, you know, especially if Atlanta jumps on him like 14 nothing. No, but especially if Atlanta jumps on him like 14 nothing early or something right, like right. that. Um, and remember... Well, I won't get into it to, to the whole – I mean, we could talk this to death. They're both excellent starts this week. I would lean towards Roethlisberger. There's only one thing you can count on in that whole game. Okay. Julio Jones will not score a touchdown. Totally. Totally with you on that. No, no question. Yep, He'll have 184, 184 yards on seven catches. He might have 184 catches, and he won't get in the end zone <laughs> this game. Uh, we have a couple of emails here that came in for you, Angela. I'm going to skip the first one from John in Houston because it's regarding that Seattle running game, which you already talked about. I'm going to skip to Doug in Massillon, Ohio. He writes – Hi, Angelo. Since Buck Allen has been so successful with fewer touches than Alex Collins, do you see them getting closer to a 50-50 backfield split in Baltimore as the season goes on? Good luck in the FPC. That is Doug in Massillon, Ohio. Thank you for the email, Doug. How do you view that Baltimore running game between Allen and Collins? Is it still Collins, or is, is Allen uh, closely um, you know, uh, approaching a 50-50 timeshare there? Well, I'll, I'll I'll say this: I I I drafted 58 leagues. I have Collins on none of them, so I have wow. Buck Allen on probably yeah. I got Buck Allen on about maybe about 20 of them, 20 25. He was one of my later on grabs. I just I, I didn't I didn't feel the Collins thing. You know what I'm saying? I just I didn't I didn't like him coming into this year. Now will he get a 50 50 share? See, Buck Allen isn't that isn't that kind of back. You know what I'm saying? He's not he's not a guy that's gonna rush the ball fifteen to twenty times. I don't I don't see that happening. You know what I'm saying? He'll get he'll get maybe five to six touches running the ball and where he'll make his hay is when, when they're when they're in goal line package, you know, he'll get that you know, he'll get the he'll get the call and hopefully, you know, he 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 squirts in for one. Other than that, he'll end up with four or five dump offs too, because Flacco loves throwing at the loves throwing and dumping off short when he can. So going forward I I prefer Buck Allen over Collins. Interesting. I like that, though. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, listen, 
we always talk about these backfield scenarios. Who's catching the passes? Who's getting goal line? Well, Buck Allen's been getting in there in the goal line, and he's clearly catching passes. So you make a strong case there, and, and I think that it, it makes a lot of sense to like Buck Allen as much or better than Alex Collins going forward, as weird as that sounds. Okay. It's, it Collins, might be accurate. Collins in practice fully today. So yeah, here's the thing with Alex Collins, and, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll break this down. It was Wednesday he was limited. He was downgraded on Thursday to a DNP. However, he did practice today. John Harbaugh says it was a maintenance day for him, managing those reps, making sure he's healthy going forward. I know everybody kind of got in a tizzy about it, but nothing to see here, nothing to worry about. Alex Collins will be out there this Sunday when they take on the Browns. All right. Yeah, so this is our, one of our favorite. Go ahead. Actually, go ahead, Angela. Oh, no, not, no, no, no. Go ahead, guys. All right, we're going to ask our final question. This is one of our favorites. Yep. We need an early-round sub player that you think you might want to bench this week and a late sleeper that you think should really be in the lineups this week that maybe people are, uh, people are still asleep on. Well, a late-round flyer that might hit well this week, um, I was looking at uh, Taiwan Taylor. I kind of like him. You got um, Buffalo's top corner should be on Davis. He's actually pretty good. So I could see Taiwan Taylor sneaking in with some targets this week, you know, against a you know pretty easy opponent, you know. So he's he's one guy I think if you need if you need a guy in your lineup and you don't have and you're you know you don't really have anybody he's one you can squeeze in there. All right, and then, uh, yeah, no, you make a, you make a good. I'll just say this: Tre'Davious White should be on Corey Davis this week. He is a potential uh, a shutdown. Well, he's not a potential shutdown quarter. He has the potential to shut down Corey Davis this week, and that means a lot of action going Taewon Taylor's way with no Rashard Matthews on the roster anymore. Go ahead with your with your uh, with your stud that you might consider uh, benching, Angelo. Well, that I might I, actually I'll give you it, it's a little bit different, but I'll give you the Atlanta backfield because you got Freeman coming back from injury. But if you look at Pittsburgh, their defense is bad, but they've actually been pretty good at stopping the run. They've actually allowed running backs as a group to only get 19.1 points. So you're looking at two guys splitting 19.1 points. Hmm, you might be better off sitting them both. Or maybe just uh, – I'd probably take Coleman. I'd sit, I'd sit Freeman. That's an interesting uh, thing to watch out for, too, is that Atlanta backfield. And I think we'll get into that later on in the show, too. But that, that's – it's one of those things, Dave, I know I, we were talking about this earlier. I think I might have changed my tune on, on starting Devontae Freeman this week. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, I mean. It, it was Jeffrey against Freeman, I think, was our discussion. Yeah, and I might be leaning towards more towards Jeffrey over right. Freeman now. So we'll, we'll get into that later on. Listen, Angela, so fantastic to have you on. I know we kept you on a little bit longer uh, tonight. Great stuff from you. Good luck the rest of the way uh, in, in all your leagues, uh, especially these two football guys teams that you have sitting in the top 20. Uh, before we let you go, one last opportunity. We do have a ton of FFPC players in the Chicagoland area. Where can they find your place yeah. of business? Yeah, <laughs> uh, Archer and Austin. It's right by Midway, 6142 South Archer. Thank you so much for that, and right. thank you so much for coming on the show, Angelo. Good luck to you the rest of the way. We'll talk to you again real soon, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Angelo Lelis, ladies and gentlemen, second place in the Football Guys Players Championship, 18th in that same contest as well. He's got a couple of bullets in the chamber ready to fire at this $250,000 grand prize, Dave. Always good to uh, hear from a fellow Midwesterner. Um, and uh, he did a great job tonight. A lot of great knowledge from him and uh, very entertaining. As oh, well. yeah, it was great. Fantastic. Yeah, I really Love appreciated it. that. Let's move on uh, and get to Fantasy Flash. 
Thanks to Football Guys, Roto World, and Rob for Thanks, tonight's Rob. rundown. Yes, Rob did Rob a bang-up job on that. Dalvin Cook. Nicer, Rob. Dalvin Cook. He's he's fine. Dalvin Cook was not at Friday's practice. That's today uh, for the Vikings, according to ESPN Vikings reporter Courtney Cronin. Mike Zimmer expects to list Dalvin Cook as questionable, which I believe he already did, but it does not sound like he is going to uh, be playing this week. Um, No, I I basically did not practice all week. Latavius Murray going up against that Eagles defense. Now, it sounds exciting, Dave, because you remember Dalvin Cook was active against the Rams last week, basically played the first half, sat out the entire second half in favor of Latavius Murray. I what did Murray do last week? I can, here's the thing. I, now, I know you're baiting me into this. No, I'm, let, I'm actually wondering. Let me finish my thought here. I don't know the answer. I was oh, actually okay. asking. Well, my point is I don't envision Latavius Murray doing anything that you want in your starting lineup against that vicious Eagles rush defense this week. So I am still saying whether Cook is active or not, I would sit them both. I would not. If Cook is active, I'm not playing him. If he's inactive, I'm not playing Murray. I don't want to have any part of this in, in this uh, – this Vikings-Eagles matchup. I'm just looking up the total here real quick in this Minnesota-Philadelphia game. I'm, I'm actually kind of compelled uh, to check this out because I, I honestly don't know where – it's at 46.5, and, and it's a late game. That's the other thing that's working against you too is you will not know if Dalvin Cook and uh, is active until roughly, you know, whatever it be, 3 o'clock Eastern time on, uh, on Sunday afternoon. Well, I'm going to quote a former president of the United States. Okay. I'm not trying to get too political here. Yeah, well, you kind of are. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. Fool me, you, you can't get fooled again. Right. That was George W. Bush. Yeah, I believe that's... Uh, so that, so there you go. That's Roger Daltrey from The Who. So we won't get fooled again. So I'm not getting fooled again. I'm stupid old Tavius Murray. Screw him. Yeah. So we're saying, it, but you would agree with me. If Dalvin Cook's active, still sit him. Yeah, I would actually. If Latavius Murray is active and Dalvin Cook is inactive, still sit Murray. Right, I'm not playing anybody. Yeah, I, I am not. I'm going to start McKinnon's ghost over there. I don't know if I'd do that. <laughs> I might rather start uh, Mo Williams uh, if, he, if he were to, to tote the rock again for this uh, Vikings-Eagles matchup. I don't want any part of Murray or Cook. Catherine Terrell, the ESPN Bengals reporter, stated today that she expects C.J. Uzuma to be the Bengals' top tight end moving forward. Now, you look at the Bengals' tight end situation. Tyler Eifert, finally, by the way, Dave, I don't know if you saw this, he was IR'd today. You know what? I'm gonna, it's funny that you mentioned that. Okay. I went to search on Twitter about Eifert for whatever reason midday today. And I looked, and it, it was the, 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 tweet, the tweet was by some, some non-really cool site or whatatever. Okay. I don't know who, whatever it was. MyFFPC.com. Right. HSFFOR.com. EricBalkman.com. It says, Eifert IR by the Bengals. Right. And the tweet came up 50 seconds ago. Nice. So I went, because we have this option for Dynasty immediately to go and then put him on IR. Right. So within a minute and five seconds after the news on Twitter coming out. After this non-reputable site reported it. Well, whatever. I was out of trouble so then, you know, so it came out, I put it out, so I put Eifert on IR, and then I emailed back the six or seven people that asked me, hey, can I IR Eifert? For, I for waivers tonight. Right, yeah. yeah. For, well, for, for waivers Wednesday, actually, was what they oh, were asking, okay. but yeah. regardless, I'm like, hey, you can IR Eifert, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know when Sport Radar came out with it, but I guarantee you it was probably like six hours after we did it. So, this, okay, so the, the whole point of this, this uh, what, I'm, what I'm saying here, it, getting back to CJ Uzuma, last week, 
He had one target. Uh, he caught it for a six-yard catch. Nice. In 2016, if you go back 2016, he had 25 catches for 234 yards and a touchdown, making eight starts. I know this is we're, – we're on the fringe here, Dave. We are on, like, the, just the absolute margins of a roster spot. Tight end premium scoring. Let's, let's shift the focus to main event and football guys. Right. Is Yuzuma worth owning in those formats, in think, your opinion? Yeah, I think he's worth a shot. I mean, it's a, it's a decent enough team. Dalton, you know, he's, Dalton's, you know, pale and he has red hair. It's okay. He actually does actually throw for a lot of yards. So he's, okay. he's decent. Uh, I, you know, Nick Manette, I think, was another option for the Seahawks. That was right. a good pickup this week. Yeah. I think you take a shot with those guys, and then just like Johnny Smith, if they suck, which Johnny Smith has been terrible, yeah. then you just cut them. Or you, they're, 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 if they're not involved in the offense, you get rid of them. But I think either one of those two guys will actually be somewhat viable. Yeah, I'm with you. On uh, I'm, I'm trying to find a spot for Yuzuma right now. Remember, John Ross is hurt. He will not play this week. Giovanni Bernard out two to four weeks with a sprained MCL. Bengals are a six-point favorite with a total of 48.5 this week. So this will be a good uh, litmus test for Uzuma. If he can get involved in a game like this, I think certainly there's some viability with the bye week gauntlet coming up. I think he's a guy that you want to keep around rather than not on your roster. However, that may not be a luxury that you're afforded. Now, if you are, Keep them there. If not, you know, see if you can find a spot coming up. But uh, I'm not ex- super excited about using them going forward. But I do. It's it's the FOMO, Dave. Hashtag FOMO. Fear of missing out. <laughs> so be careful with that. Uh, Sarah Barshop on Twitter stated that Coach Bill O'Brien said Deontay Foreman is quote on track to return when he is first eligible to come off the pup list coming up in week seven. If you remember Deontay Foreman tore his Achilles when he was really running hot. Hey, so why didn't you tell me this earlier? Last November, he should be at or close to 100%. Lamar Miller, we don't know. He's a game-time decision this week, and he hasn't been doing much with that role, and he has not scored yet. So Deontay Foreman, talk a little bit about what his prospects are going forward for the remainder of this season and what you think he will mean in a Houston backfield that is, is aching for some production. Well, I mean, Lamar Miller has been so disappointing. He has been. You know, again, coming back from the Achilles, I still am not that confident about Foreman. I, to be honest, I wish I had kind of known this news. I didn't really read it, as you know. I don't, yep. I don't yep. preface the show, as you can tell how bad it is. Hashtag par for the course. <laughs> and hashtag par for the course. Yeah, we shoot birdies every week, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I, I guess I would pick up Foreman preemptively if I could um, in a few spots. If I, was, if I had, like, total crappy guys, I have no reason. Like, if I had a second defense and I had no reason to have them, Fine, I'll pick up Foreman. Right. Um, because Miller's been just kind of pedestrian. Well, and Foreman's the future there. Oh, well, a- as know, of right now. Yeah. As of right now. I don't know about that. Yeah, there know. is not a more promising back on the Houston roster right now than Deontay Foreman. There's a lot of qualifiers in that. There <laughs> is. But, you know, they're not. They're not adding anybody more exciting than Deontay Foreman the rest of the season. <laughs> I, I will grant you that. Arian Foster's not walking through that door, You're also ladies correct. and gentlemen. Also correct. So I think there's uh there I mean, it's, it's okay. Let me ask you this: FFPC tight end premium. Stupid Lamar Miller doesn't have a touchdown. FFPC tight end premium format. You only have one roster spot. Are you using it on CJ Uzuma or are you using it on Deontay Foreman? Well, given the recent news, it depends on my tight end. I mean, I would probably use it on Foreman if I had okay tight ends. Okay. But if I had, if I was desperate for tight ends, if, I, if my tight ends were like, um, let's say it was. Let's say you had, really, hold on, let me, let me, you have Greg Olson and Austin Safari and Jenkins. Yeah, I would probably use it on using them. Okay. Because right. I mean, you can't trust Greg Olson as much as you can't trust Foreman. Right, yeah. So, 
Um, I'm trying to think of another good example here. George, George Kittle and ASJ. Uh, I would probably them like actually. Then you go Foreman. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that that was a bad example by me. Um, it's got to be. There's I'm trying to. There's got to be a fringe one here. Not Kyle Rudolph because I know where you'd stand on that. Not Jared Cook because I know where you'd stand on that. Um, who's another fringe tight end? Jared Cook is a top five tight end. No, uh, I, I, off. I don't know. If about. you were listening to the Appleton Trophy Fantasy Football oh, Show on 95.3 and 99.1, the score 50 a.m. 15.70 as well from uh, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time last night, you would know because I cited this stat. Jared Cook, tops. Yeah. Th- that means number one mm-hmm. in the NFL amongst tight ends receiving yardage. There is not a tight end coming right. into this week that has more receiving <laughs> yardage than Jared Cook. It's not amazing, Dave. It's he's insane. Really, he's like the best. It's banana. He's not the worst, to be the best. Oh my gosh! I just, I, what world are we living in at this point? Where but, we're uh, so answer my math if you want. Hooper and Ben Watson. I would rather have. I'd rather have Watson because you have Drew Reed. I would rather have Foreman. Than, uh, Uzuma. than Uzuma in that in that scenario. No, yeah, all right, let's move on. Let's okay, all right, good, fine. Very good little uh, discussion. Royce Freeman is actually going to see more touches if Vance Joseph, who is his head coach, gets his way. Freeman has ten carries of ten yards or more so far this season, which is third in professional football right now. Kyle Fredrickson had the story on the uh, Denver Post. Royce Freeman has been breaking tackles, yards after contact, a strength for the rookie from Oregon. However, Philip Lindsay's mucking things up for him there. He's looking really good. Royce Freeman is, is, is trying to carve out his role in that, but Philip Lindsay making it very difficult for him. How do you assess Royce Freeman going forward in your fantasy leagues, Dave? I, um, and, and to preface this, I'll tell you right now that Denver is uh, at the New York Jets this week as a one-point favorite in a game that features a 42-and-a-half-point total. I was going to say, kind of a lower total, because you know, the Jets actually are a pretty solid team overall and a solid defense. Right. Um, and, and playing at home. You know, when the coach, you know, this coach, Vance Joseph, he, he doesn't have this history like, of lying like the Seahawks do. When he says that Freeman's going to see more touches, I am apt to believe that he might actually see more touches. Are you likely so to? Then, I think, Lindsay, I'd want to sit him a little bit more. Okay, that's fine. Let's say you have one flex spot available to you in one of your leagues this week. You sure. can either play Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman. Who is it? Um, I think I'd play Freeman. Okay, you'd play Freeman. How strongly do you feel about that? I would bet five dollars worth on it. Okay, I have Philip <laughs> Lindsay outscoring Royce Freeman this week. I got five on it. I got five, and I'll take. Three. I got five on all right, Lindsay versus a Freeman. All right, this is a good one. Okay, and then week five against the Jets. All right, perfect. Um, if we look at if we look at this through more of a season long scope, who do you think outscores the other one for the remainder of the season? I think Freeman will outscore. I I do not necessarily disagree with that. I for sure am not putting five on that because I don't know how I feel about it. Well, I'm just saying, like, you, you could be right. I feel strongly that Lindsey Wellett scored Freeman this week. Yeah. I don't know for the remainder. Why don't you just cross your legs? You know, it has nothing to do with that. It's everything to do with making the correct decision, which is, what, by the way, what we try to do on this show. Oh, yeah? You jerk. <laughs> Moving that, on. I know you get so mad about it. Um, we kind of touched on this, so we can feel free to skip over this. Uh, we won't skip over it, but you, if you don't have much to say, that's okay. Will Fuller uh, said that his injured hamstring feels better. He says he expects to play 
uh, if his progress yeah, continues this I'm week. Sure. Uh, Aaron Wilson from the Houston Chronicle. So this is a Sunday night game, as Aunt Jemima, I believe, in the chat room pointed out. Um, this is Dallas versus Houston, and you don't have a whole lot of options if you decide to go with Fuller and he's inactive. Um, you're not playing anybody from Dallas, clearly. Now, there is a, <laughs> there is a fantasy bonanza waiting, in, in my opinion, on that Monday night game. All right. So, waiting with Crowder, Paul Richards. Well, I mean, am I lying? I mean, you're not playing any well, Dallas you're receiver. You're playing Elliott, but yeah. I know. No, I meant, that's what I meant, yeah, like for yeah, receiver. You're not, it's not going to come down between, okay. God, who do I flex out this week? Will right. Fuller or Ezekiel Elliott? Um, I mean, who's in that mix for the, the Redskins? I mean, like Crowder? Crowder. Um, not Richardson. Richardson. Doxson's in a walking boot. Doxson's so, Okay. Paul Richardson? No. You're not, you're not so it's Crowder. Because well, you're obviously playing Jordan Reed. Look, if you're choosing between Richardson and an injured Will Fuller, your team already sucks. So you're okay. I mean, There's a chance. Like I mean, wide receiver okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get behind this. Maybe you can, if, you, if Will Fuller's inactive, you can play Adrian Peterson, who also is battling an ankle injury. But I'd be fine with that. I would start Peterson over Fuller anyway. Really? Well, I mean, in general, so Peterson, is he questionable or is he okay? I mean, you, they don't have probable anymore, but I would right. say he's much more closer to quote-unquote probable play. than he's, questionable. He's fine. I would imagine he's so. He's going to play. He's ranked like 22 by now. Do you like him better than Fuller yeah. this week? Fuller is not – Fuller is like – gets hurt in the game. Peterson's like – All right, all right. You know, he's like Rocky Six. You know what I mean? Like Rocky Balboa. The guy's he's going to his eighth sequel here. He'll be all right. All right. This is actually pretty close. Fine, you want, you want, okay, you want to bet? I'll take Adrian Peterson or Will Fuller. For every, I'll take him this week, and I'll take him with I don't, hold on, no, let's not get... The rest of the year. I don't want to get crazy. Because Fuller's going to miss, like, six games. In, in being a good sport with creating an entertaining <laughs> podcast, this week, I will take Will Fuller, and, and I'll give you this caveat. Yeah. If he's no, in, if yeah. He, no, hold on. No, listen. This is good for you. If Will Fuller's inactive, I lose. For, for sure. Okay? Absolutely. All right. So I will take Will Fuller more fantasy points in week five than Adrian Peterson. I got five on it. I got five on it. I'll take 18. <laughs> I got five on it. Oh, that's great. I'm impressed with his name is Will Fuller the fifth. I mean, that's some good lineage. The fifth? Yeah, that's five here. Oh, I'm... Maybe Dodds has it wrong. <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, they're, they're usually pretty spot on with stuff like that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, we got, you know, once again, we're running low on time here, and uh, I have not been uh, paying attention to the chat room here. Uh, Aunt Jemima says Paul Richardson's going to have a good game. Let's, uh, you know, we got some emails about we got We got an email about that Washington passing game. Let's get into it. Um, first email, Ron in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Dear Eddie and Peter, with old paper ankle Fournette set to miss again this game, excuse me, with old paper ankle Fournette set to miss again this week, I wanted to see if you guys could play a would you rather with his replacement, TJ Yeldon. Thank you for the email. Ron in uh, Rocky Mount, North Carolina. We can play a would you rather with TJ Yeldon, and I think this could be a pretty compelling one, Dave. All right. Would you rather. I'm sorry, I was. Getting Foo Fighter tickets from Ron Meyer in the chat. I see. Uh, I told him I couldn't go to that concert. Now you're going with him. Well, he says he asked for a ticket. I'll take it. I know because he expected me to go with him, and I just I can't get away. It's a Wednesday night. I know it's tough. It's I, I can't I can't do it. You know I'm putting together the road of his high stakes lowdown that night. Well, as you know, I don't that's do a waiver night. Yeah, I agree. All right. I'll tell you how the show is. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm I, I, I messed this all up. I would have I would have loved to go to that show. <laughs> you can right. still go. 
All right. Well, we'll see. Meyer will figure I this just, out. I, I really weird, but see, Meyer and I, Tupacker and I watched the Brewers playoff game together earlier, and we are actually talking about this Foo Fighters concert. And I told him I wanted to go. I just I can't see a way that I can get away um, for that game. Or for oh, that now, concert. now that I said I would go, now it's in the band. It's just annoying that now you get to go and I don't. It's my mom said it was okay. It has not. TJ Yeldon, <laughs> would you rather? Now TJ Yeldon is at Kansas City this week. Let's start right. on the low end of the spectrum here, Dave. Would you rather play TJ Yeldon or Marshawn Lynch at the Chargers? Oh, Yeldon, I don't like Lynch. Uh, Kareem Hunt or TJ Yeldon playing each other. Yeah, so Hunt at home against Jackson. Yep. Uh, yeah. By the way, I agree with you on the I'd rather play Yeldon over Lynch. Uh, you know, I'm going to take, I know that Yeldon has, I mean, he's playing the worst defense. Ugh, so annoying. Yep. Hunt is a much better player. Yep. I'll take. Jalen Ramsey taking away Tyreek Hill in that game, potentially. Yeah, you know what, I've, I've, I'm going to take Hunt, even though I know that I, I think Yeldon has got a I would actually take Yeldon in that matchup, but That's you're fine. very close. Uh, TJ Yeldon or Chris Thompson at the Saints under the lights on Monday Night Football. <laughs> you know, Thompson doesn't get enough rushing attempts. I'm going to take Yeldon. It's just, I think it's a little safer. I agree. TJ Yeldon or James Conner at home against the Falcons? That game's got so many points. Yeah, There have to be a couple of you know, pass interference penalties in the end zone. Right. I'll take Conner. I would, too. Um, and let's, I don't, this is interesting. I think I know you're going to fall on this and then we'll, we'll have to end it because I don't think there's compelling ones after this. TJ Eldon or David Johnson at the Niners? I'll take David Johnson. I would too. And I'm just, I can't, I know, thought this should be more fun than it was. And it really wasn't. Well, hey, sorry, I'm not fun. It, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the matchups. Um, yeah, okay, here's one, here's one. Here's one. TJ Yeldon or Joe Mixon at home against the Dolphins? Uh, you know, Mixon's been out for a while, but, you know, Gio's now out two to four weeks. I'm taking Mixon, actually, and I feel pretty good about that, to be honest with you. Okay, I'm going to take Yeldon. Here's why. Catherine, I got five on that. Catherine, uh, uh, I'll, I'll do that. I'll take Mixon. Okay, so I have I, – do you want to hear my stat first or no? Are you no, you let's bet and then hear the stat. <laughs> All right, okay. Because that's why so, I feel, I feel, I feel it's bad. It's not really a stat. It's a quote. <laughs> right, but, okay, so I got T.J. Yeldon outscoring Joe Mixon in week five. I'll take Mixon. I'm going to break this button tonight, Dave. It's insane. Catherine Terrell, the ESPN Bengals reporter, asked Marvin Lewis. He, she said, hey, I'm paraphrasing now. She said, hey, Joe Mixon, back after two weeks, after this scope that he had done, yeah. um, do you expect him to get as many touches as he was getting prior to this? And Marvin Lewis said, well, you know, he hasn't been with us the last two weeks it's going to be difficult for his conditioning to be at where it was before he got hurt, which to me suggests maybe we get to see more Mark Walton this week, or maybe the focus is on Boyd and Green. I don't know. Sure. But, but here's what I, the takeaway from that is. I don't believe that Mixon is going to be out there as much as he had been the first two weeks of the season when he was crushing it. Sure. Now, that may not make a difference, because Mixon might, even with the limited touches, he might take full advantage of that. Sure. You know, it, it's entirely possible. Anyway, that's the reason I, there you I, I, I have I'm that. I'm still okay with that. Um, okay, that's fine. TJ Yeldon or Matt Breida at home against the Cardinals? Yeldon. And last, this, is, this is the official last one. TJ Yeldon or Mark Ingram at home against the Redskins? 
that's interesting. I'll take uh, Yeldon because he doesn't have to split time. I would too. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen. Split time with the best running back in football, evidently. Who? Uh, Kamara Kamara. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Randy, Cross Lake, Minnesota. What are your thoughts on Kiki QT being a top 35 receiver the rest of the way behind Hopkins and Fuller in Houston? Ask, ask Thanks, answer. fellas. This is like a question. Ask and answered. Ask and answered. We already talked about We're having a Kavanaugh thing? Yeah, ask and answered. Moving on. All right, so you don't want to talk about being Kiki Z being a top 35 receiver the rest of the way? Uh, I would say he's not not top 35. Oh, yeah. No, I think you're right on that because you're talking about the number three option in that offense being a top 35 receiver. It could happen, but, you know, I I don't know how likely that is. So I am with you on that. Sure. Um, Top 45. Yeah, I think that's I think so, too. Top, no, I, I think he does it between top 35 and 45. I think that's where he ends up the rest of the way from week five on. Rich in Buffalo, New York. Since Doxson is in a walking boot, could Crowder finally break out of his slump and have a big game on Monday against New Orleans? Thanks for the email. Rich in Buffalo. Nobody circles the Reagans like Rich in <laughs> Buffalo, New York. What was the uh, question? He thinks uh, Jameson Crowder has the potential to break out on Monday night, and I think the reasoning here is, Josh Doxson's in a walking boot, so obviously that takes away him. But that also takes Marshawn Lattimore uh, that puts his coverage on Paul Richardson. So maybe this thing, maybe this opens up the passing routes for Jordan Reed, for Chris Thompson, and for Jameson Crowder, three guys who go underneath quite a bit in this offense. You like Jameson Crowder breaking out on Monday night. And Dave, and I'll, and I'll say this before you answer that question, that is a game where I don't think either defense it needs to be feared. By any stretch of the imagination, it is a total of 53, and the Saints are a six-point favorite in that game. I mean, the situation sets up perfectly for him, but, I mean, he's just not that great of a player. That's just I, – I keep going back to the fact that he kind of sucks. He hasn't done much of anything, and so – Had one really good season, came on the last month of last year. Yes, I mean, like, who, who breaks out like – I mean, can he have a good game? Sure, he could have a good game. It's possible. But he's, not that, he's just not that good of a player. So he's like, you're not that good of a football player. I mean, how, you know, how are you going to – I guess you just have to have a lucky big scoring night or whatever. It can happen, sure. Let me set the stage here for you. Let's say Jameson Crowder goes 10 catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. In your opinion, that performance would not be indicative of his future performance for the remainder of 2018. I would agree with you there. Okay, fair enough. I think that's what, what he was getting at. Frank in Philadelphia. Hey, Frank, thanks for the email. Do you, hey, Dave and Balky. Originally, I was happy to get Devontae Freeman back in my lineup this week, but I am more than a little nervous that both Tevin Coleman and Ito Smith will eat into his workload. I don't know if that was a intended pun. Any, are any of these guys... Yeah, maybe Ito Smith will be Etoing into his workload. Are any of these guys better than a flex option against Pittsburgh? Enjoy the games this weekend. Thank you for the email. Frank in Philadelphia. This is interesting because we already talked about this. It has a big 12-like total of 58 in this game. Woof. Freeman, Tevin Coleman, Ito Smith. You feel comfortable starting any of those guys as your second running back this week? I feel okay about Freeman. But that's as far as you're going to go. Yeah, I'd be a little nervous about Tevin Coleman, although I, I think he'll be okay. I actually think he'll score 10 to 14 PPL. That seems about right to me. Um, I, I think you know, that, Smith, yeah, you can't really start him. I don't know how you, I mean, if you have, and I said this on the, uh, on, on the show with Leo and Balky, which was just Balky today from two to three on 95, <laughs> three and 99, one score AM 1570 as well. I said, if you have Jordan Howard 
Tariq Cohen and Leonard Fournette on your team and you're grasping, then yeah, maybe Edo Smith makes sense as your second flex. But my God, it's, it, that's 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 a, a lot of qualifiers, as you like to say, there. And so I, I would stay away from Edo Smith. I have Devontae Freeman in a couple leagues. I'm starting him in both. I have Tevin Coleman in a couple leagues. Right now, I have him in as my flex. Not sure how I feel about it yet. I'm going to revisit on Sunday morning, and I may change it. I may not. I don't know. Top quiz, Valky. Okay. What was the last name of the judge in the O.J. Simpson case? Lance Ito. Ito, that's right. Yeah, I, and I remember that. Wasn't I just talking to you about this the other day about um, that we were talking about our favorite Saturday Night Live eras, and I said my favorite was that early to mid-'90s era when, when the O.J. Simpson trial was going on. Oh, yeah. The stuff that they did. They were hitting that like, out of the park. Mike Myers as, as Judge Ito. That's uh, so funny. I wish I, I should watch some of those. David, David Spade as Kato Kalen. <laughs> Tim Meadows is O.J. Simpson. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was uh, it was Laura Keitlinger, I believe, played Marsha Clark, which oh, was yeah. fantastic. I mean, God, it was just one after the Adam Sandler playing random bailiffs and what have you on that. <laughs> so great. It was uh, just amazing. Tim Meadows, who also played Al Cowlings. Yeah. Oh, God. Just, Andrew Miami does say that, that I agree with him that the Kavanaugh SNL was decent with Matt Damon. Yeah, it did. I, even as a, I'm a conservative. Right. I was, I was, Probably no. I thought that was actually really fun. The season premiere of Saturday Night Live was last Saturday, and the cold open was the Tim Kavanaugh testimony um, in front of in front Tim? of the Senate. Right. Tim, what is it? Tim, I get Tim Meadows on the break. Fred <laughs> Kavanaugh. Who is Tim Kavanaugh? There's somebody named Tim Kavanaugh. He might Fred be the guy in Fletch. I don't know. This this shows you how closely <laughs> I've been paying attention to this. Um, Maybe it was a bad guy. Put it on the Kavanaugh tab. <laughs> so you had uh, Brett Kavanaugh and Matt Damon. You know, for whatever reason, they've been getting these celebrities to play these these um, politicians in the news. They got Matt Damon to play it. I thought it was very enjoyable, very very cheeky. very. It was just a great way to start the season. So kudos to them. You can YouTube it if you haven't seen it. It's like seven minutes long. It's, it's worth, a, worth a watch. Final email tonight. Pete in Louisville, Kentucky. He writes, what's up, cheeseheads? Seems like everyone on the Packers' offense is hurt right now. How do you handicap who Rodgers will be throwing to the most on Sunday? Pete in Louisville, thank you so much for the email. Dave, here's my, uh, my quick and dirty on the Packers this week. Devontae Adams, I believe, was held out as a precaution because Geronimo Allison is probably not going to go because he's week-to-week with a concussion, and there's no way for the Packers' training staff to control that. Everybody reacts to concussions different ways. I just believe that they are playing it safe with Devontae Adams. I believe he'll be out there this Sunday. Randall Cobb, already been ruled out. I don't believe Allison plays. And then you're limited to the three rookies um, in Equinemius St. Brown, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Jamon Moore. They just signed D'Angelo Yancey to their practice squad. No word if they will activate him in time for the Sunday game. All three running backs are expected to be out there with Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, and Ty Montgomery. Who, and obviously Jimmy Graham, will be out there as well. Who do you like this week from a Packers pass-catching standpoint if I not only throw the receivers in there but the tight end as well as the running backs as they take on Detroit in the Motor City at 1 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. Total on that game is at 51. Packers open up as a one-point favorite. It is down to a pick'em. So who do I like? Other than Adams? Packers skill position players. Well, do you like Adams? Because he'll be guarded, I would assume, by Darius Slay most of the game. Yeah, I think, I, I think Adams will be fine. I don't have a problem with him. Okay. I think, I think he'll actually still be, like, you know, 
70, 80 yards or whatever, maybe a touchdown. I would not be starting Marquez Valdez-Scantling in any league unless Devontae Adams is inactive. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, I'm not – although he's going to – a lot of times you get these guys who get their first starting jobs and they just don't, they don't quite get there. I, and I so agree with that. I would not start him if I could avoid him. Cannot sit Jimmy Graham in any FFPC leagues. I think he's going to see a ton of targets. Yeah, I like Jimmy Graham a lot. Okay. Moving on, my super sleeper of the week, Ty Montgomery. I think puts up double-digit points this week as a floor because I believe that Aaron Rodgers needs trusted targets out there. Ty Montgomery is one of them. And I think the way that you get Aaron Jones more involved in the running game while still getting Jamal Williams a healthy amount of snaps is you end up either splitting Ty Montgomery out wide or putting him in the slot, and he gets the ball in space. I bet he catches six or seven passes this week easily. You know, I, it's interestingly enough, I, I don't know if I would say six or seven easily, um, Football has projection of three for 27. I actually think that's pretty low. I would say like five for 40 is kind of where I would go. But I think okay, but even so, you're comfortable with high floor flexy type guy. That is right on the fringe of 10 points, of double-digit right. points right there. Yeah. I, and, and that we're not even talking about the potential to get in the end zone. So I really like Ty Montgomery this week. I do not like Jamon Moore. I do not like Equinemius St. Brown. D'Angelo Yancey can be active. I am not playing him at all. So and that is, I think, how we fall in on the Packers pass catchers this week. You know what would be interesting, Dave? We should play a would you rather, a quick one, with Aaron Rodgers this week. Oh, boy. The Detroit, the de- to do I know. The Detroit, well, this will be the last thing. The Detroit rushing defense is the weakness of that team. They are no bueno when it comes to stopping opposing running backs. I think Aaron Jones has a big week this week. Eh. So, okay, that's fine. Then, <laughs> then this will be a compelling would you rather. Aaron Rodgers. Or Deshaun Watt. Well, uh, I'm trying to pick out guys that you could have both of. Um, Aaron Rodgers or Matt Ryan against the Steelers. Ryan, for sure. Uh, Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees at home against the Redskins. Uh, you know, I'm going to take Brees, although it's a little bit close. Aaron Rodgers or Jared Goff at Seattle. I'll take Rodgers. I would take Goff, I think. It's Goff had such a huge game, but at Seattle is always tough. Here's an interesting one. This, this might be the most fun one. Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes at home against the Jaguars. <laughs> um, I'm going to take Rodgers there. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's tough, though, because Mahomes has, I mean, he really does have the weapon. Yeah. You know what? I'm taking Mahomes. Forget it. I'm taking Mahomes. Okay. I would still take Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers or Matthew Stafford, who is playing um, Rodgers at home. Stafford. I would take Rodgers. These are all kind of. They're very close to me. I know, I know. Aaron Rodgers, here's this. Okay. There's, listen, there's plenty more we could do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop at this one because this is the most fun one. This is the most fun thing we're going to talk about on the show. Let me try to guess who it's going to be. Go ahead. Bortles. Yes. <laughs> Blake Bortles at the Chiefs or Aaron Rodgers at Detroit. Which one are you starting? I'll take Rodgers. I can't, Over I, the I hapless can't, Chiefs defense. It's not that happens. I cannot start. Oh, way, it is without half. It is at KC. Once in a while, they actually put up a game. They go, they're, okay, if the, if the Chiefs win, like – 28 to 10, would you be all that surprised? I would I'd be, be shocked. If Blake, Bortles, be. Blake Bortles throws less than eight touchdown passes this game. I'd yeah. be uh, uh, just floored. I would not be. <laughs> I told you it'd be fun, Dave, and I don't let you down. 
That is going to do it for our show uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank Angelo Lelis for dropping by and joining us tonight. I want to thank Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, our audio engineer, Bryce, and our uh, producer and mutual friend, Robin, of course, each and every one of you for staying tuned and listening to this show tonight. Get those Bears, get those Buccaneers off your starting lineup, onto the bench. They're not playing this week. Good luck in week five, ladies and gentlemen. We're already, it's insane to me to think we're coming up in week five. The NFL season is flying by. Take advantage when you can now of getting all those points that you can. Creeping up on playoff time. I know it's crazy, but we are. Get your points. That's right. Get your points. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. About to call your ass Uber, I got somewhere to be. I hear fairy tales about how they gon' run up on me. Well, run up when you see me, then we gon' see. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of this energy, trying to take away. All right, so here it is. We have get your guys, choose your chums, <laughs> pick your players, right? Okay. Here's here's the latest. Pile up your points. Oh, God. <laughs> what was the, the, uh, the dudes one? Draft, draft your dudes. Draft your, draft your dudes. But listen, it all comes back to piling up the points, Dave. That's what you got to do right yeah. now. Um, Who are your fighters? Because yeah. I'm going to have to two fighters. Yeah, this is Thanks for that ticket, Mike. What's that, 100 bucks? Not bad. I'll go. Well, it's only $100? I don't know what it is. If you want to go, go. I'd like to go. I got so many responsibilities mid week. Oh, right. what do you do tonight? Well, <laughs> concert's in two weeks. Not I thought the, it was Wednesday. Yeah, it is Wednesday, but it's two weeks from now. It's the oh. 17th. Not oh, I thought it was this Wednesday. No, no, no. It's the 17th. Well, what are we talking about? Right? All right. Looks like I'm going. No, I'm going to go. I'm still going. Whatever. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everybody. Good luck. Pile up those points. <laughs>